Merry Christmas, everybody. Again, I'm Miles McPherson, pastor of the Rock Church. I want to welcome you to our Christmas Day special. I'm so excited that it's Christmas Day. I'm sure you're probably excited too. I'm sure this is probably the favorite day of the year for you. Hopefully you're spending time with your family and because Christmas can be stressful, I pray the peace of God over your family today. If you've been with us over the last month here at The Rock, we've been teaching a series called Heaven Came Down. You can catch this series on YouTube or on our website. We view Christmas as an event where heaven came down to earth in the form of a savior, the image of the invisible God, the one who would reveal God's plan of salvation to us. In this series, I talked about heaven came down in the form of Jesus' majesty, his ministry before he was born, when he appeared all throughout the Old Testament in the form of the angel of the Lord. As the angel of the Lord, he revealed the name of God, the heart of God, the compassion of God, the power of God, and more. We talked about how heaven came down when Jesus became a man. We talked about how the fact that he was fully human. Jesus was born into a family with brothers and sisters. He felt our pain, got stressed, was hungry, sleepy, sorrowful, and was full of compassion for the lost. He did all this to identify with our humanity and become the perfect substitutionary sacrifice for our sins. We also talked about how heaven came down through Jesus' miraculous ministry. This is where he openly introduced the kingdom of God and its supernatural power. Through his miracles, he overcame the works of the devil, healing death and diseases of all kinds. Finally, yesterday on Christmas Eve, we learned how heaven came down when Jesus was born in a manger because there was no room in the inn for him. The fact that there was no room for him in the inn is symbolic of all those who claim not to have room in their hearts for him. Today is our final message. I wanna talk about what it looks like when heaven comes down and we receive its message. The title of my message today is God's Greatest Achievement. Before I pray, I wanna prepare your hearts with a question. What do you think is God's greatest achievement? Think about that. What do you think is God's greatest achievement? Think about that while I pray and then we're gonna answer it. Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your goodness. I pray that you prepare our hearts for the answer to that question because it has to do with every single one of us listening. And I pray that as we reveal it, as you reveal it, that we would receive it and walk in it. What is your greatest achievement? We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. The question is, when was God at his greatest? What was his greatest achievement? We need to go back to the beginning. Was it when he created the heavens and the earth? Certainly that had to be God's greatest achievement. Think about it, the universe is expanding at the speed of light. It has over 150 billion galaxies, each with billions of stars. He created land animals like lions, wolves, and rhinos. He created insects with tiny little intricate bodies. He created plants that breathe out oxygen so we could breathe it in. He created fish that could breathe oxygen under the water. He created birds with hollow bones so they could fly in the sky. He created bears that sleep for months at a time and while they're asleep, they give birth. He created elephants that communicate with each other with subsonic sounds that travel underground and they actually listen to each other with through their feet. He created bats that are practically blind and can see by detecting vibrations in the air. He created dolphins that live under the water yet they breathe above the water. God had to be at his best. His greatest achievement had to be 
creation. Because without creation, none of us would be here. None of this would, none of reality wouldn't exist. So we wouldn't even know about any of this. Unfortunately, that was not God at his greatest. What's his greatest achievement? Sending his son to be born of a virgin. After all, this is when God became a man. This certainly must have been God's greatest achievement. Coming down out of heaven, submitting to the limitations of a human body, needing sleep, food, dealing with sadness and rejection, that had to be God's greatest achievement. Unfortunately, it was not. Certainly his greatest achievement must be suffering for our sins. He was rejected, beaten, betrayed by a disciple, denied by another disciple, nailed to the cross. And in doing this, he paid for all the sins of the world once and for all. Of course, this was God's greatest moment, for without it, we would have no salvation. But that wasn't God's greatest achievement. I gotta believe his greatest achievement was when Jesus rose from the dead and declared victory over Satan and the power of death. This, of course, was proof that we can have eternal life and that death would not have the last word. But this wasn't God's greatest achievement. God's greatest moment must have been when Jesus ascended to heaven and was seated at the right hand of God. Now victory is secure once and for all. He sits with the Father in heaven and is praying for all of us. But that wasn't God's greatest achievement. God is at his best when he forgives the sins of a lowly sinner like you and me and comes to live inside of us and slowly and lovingly transforms our life. God's greatest achievement is when someone who doesn't want to hear about God, someone who has turned their back on God, all of a sudden receives salvation and the Holy Spirit turns their life around and they get to forgive people that they couldn't forgive, love people who they couldn't love. Christmas becomes the most personal to all of us when a living God lives in us through the power of the Holy Spirit and transforms our life. In addition to the Christmas message you're going to hear, three amazing stories of transformation which illustrate God's greatest achievement and his Christmas purpose of bringing about transformational hope into your life and my life. My prayer is that as you listen to the message and the stories, your heart is drawn to receive the gift of Christmas. And for all of you that have already received it, my prayer is that you would allow God to continue to transform your heart, that you will be able to forgive like he forgives, love like he loves, encourage like he encourages, give like he gives, and live a life where people can see Jesus in you. I'm gonna read a story about a conversation between Mary and the angel Gabriel when he declared to her that she would have a baby, though she had never been intimate with a man, and that the baby would be the savior of the world. And we're gonna learn three things. First, that God sees us differently than we see ourselves. If Christmas is gonna have a huge meaning, transformational meaning in your life, you have to be able to see yourself as God sees you. If you don't see yourself as God sees you, it will be impossible for you to see his plan for your life and see the things he wants to do for you and the resources he wants to give you. Second, we're gonna learn that Mary had to believe what God had said he would give her. She had to believe that God would actually bless her with the power and anointing to fulfill the vision of the identity that God saw in her. It is critical for you to believe that God is never gonna leave you or forsake you. It's critical for you to believe that the Holy Spirit is gonna direct your steps, smooth out your path, open doors of opportunity and provide resources that you've never heard of. 
and never had. Then after you see what God sees, believe what God has given you, you will need to receive the new direction that God has called you to follow by submitting to him. At the end of the day, Mary's going to say, Lord, let it be so according to your words. My prayer is that after this message today, you would say to God, I see what you see. I believe what you've given me and I receive the calling that you have placed on my life. So I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 1, verse 26. And as I read the story of a conversation between Mary and the angel, the angel is going to tell her that she's going to have a baby, Jesus, and the baby is going to be the savior of the world. Remember, she has not been married. She's never been intimate with her, a man, much less our fiance. But, but she is going to illustrate what should happen when you ask Jesus to live inside your heart. Think about it. Salvation is when Jesus lives in us and it's the presence of the Holy Spirit is in us and he brings transformation. Well, the very first person that Jesus ever lived inside of was Mary. So it's befitting that she would experience the same type of transformation that we would experience when we receive him to live inside of our lives. So let me read Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Uh, it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to be a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. We'll come back to that. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting was this. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Anytime you have a how question for God, think Holy Spirit. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative has come, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month of, for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing is impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, you, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I want to ask you a question. What words would your critics use to describe you? Dumb, stupid, failure, lazy, procrastinator, hater, imposter. Think about the words that your critics would use to describe you. And then... Think about the words that God would use to describe you. Loved, forgiven, son, daughter, favored, blessed, anointed, called. The million dollar question is, which group of these words will you use to describe you? If you're going to be preoccupied with the negative characteristics of your life or the negative characteristics of your identity, according to your critics, you'll constantly bring yourself down. They're going to be obstacles, roadblocks, stop signs, and tools of discouragement in your life. 
But if you focus on the words that God uses to describe you based on how God sees you, they're going to be energizing, encouraging, and life-giving. The first thing Mary had a struggle with was who she was in the eyes of God. When Gabriel the angel called her highly favored, blessed among women, this troubled her. She did not understand because she did not see what God saw. She saw herself as a regular young lady. When we give our life to Christ, we have to realize that God sees us as someone loved more than we can ever ask or imagine. So the question is, how do you see yourself? This is going to determine and be revealed by the words and descriptions in your head about yourself. It will impact how you see your future. Mary was a young girl engaged to be married when a supernatural being comes to declare God's favor over her life and her status as a blessed woman. He described to her a view of herself in the eyes of God that was far beyond what she could ever think about herself. I want to encourage you that God loves you more than you understand and that you are more valuable to him than you know. In order for you to begin to see yourself as he sees you, you must begin referring to yourself with the names he calls you. Son, daughter, friend, anointed, called, blessed, beloved, forgiven. Meditate on those titles and not the negative, critical, self-defeating, self-destructive thoughts of your critics and enemies. To drive this point home, check out this incredible transformation story and how your life can change if you begin seeing yourself and your future as God sees it. Uh, about five years ago, uh, my dad had called, said he was dying of liver cancer. Well, it was uh, cirrhosis of the liver. And uh, I wanted to spend more time with my dad. So I packed up my stuff, headed to California. About three years after I moved here, the cirrhosis got bad. And uh, he was in the hospital a lot. He was uh, going through a lot of stuff. Uh, he almost passed away a few times and uh, then COVID hit and I started watching The Rock online. My dad went to the hospital on Christmas one day and I remember driving to work and I started praying for the first time in my life. Then I wanted to start going to church. I looked up Rock Church, which one the closest campus was to Ramona and uh, I feel like God was leading me to El Cajon campus. Shortly after I signed up for life class, took life class, that's when things started changing in my life. My mother was in church, but my father was not. I didn't know much about prayer. I just know that the, that the people I've seen praying, Pastor Miles, the people at El Cajon, they, they had prayers. And I was like, wow, that's, you know, like they really believe in prayer. So I was uh, driving to work one day and I was coming off the mountain in Ramona and I could actually see the hospital that my dad was at. This was right after Christmas. And uh, I was just looking down there and because of COVID protocol, you couldn't see anybody in the hospital. And I thought my dad was gonna pass away and I wasn't gonna get to say goodbye to him. So I started praying to God for the first time and I asked him for more time with my father. And not only did I ask for more time, I asked for my father's relationship to grow in God. And uh, he answered that prayer. So one day I was at work and 
I was looking into a toolbox where we hold cutting tools for the machines I run. And I felt something behind me. And the first thing that pops in my mind is, Jesus is behind me. And I kept saying that, Jesus is behind me. Jesus, And I started thinking, am I losing my mind? What, what's wrong with me? Why am I thinking this? And I just kept thinking, Jesus is behind me. Jesus is behind me. Two days later, we were mopping the floor. And this is a metal shop where, where people don't walk around with, with uh, bare feet. They walk around with steel-toed boots. Uh, nobody's going to walk in there barefooted, not even the owner of the shop. So we were mopping the floor, and like, like oil separates in water, there was one singular bare footprint directly behind where I was standing. And I look down and I see this footprint and I'm like, there's a footprint in the floor and the guys hear me and they're like, what'd you say? And I was like, there's a footprint in the floor. So I come check it out. You come over there and they, they look at it and they're like, what, what's that doing there? I was like, I don't know. I was hoping one of y'all could answer that. So I just kept thinking, how could that have gotten there? Who's walking around here barefooted? And why are there no tracks leading up to it or away from it? One singular footprint. Like, how does that? E how is that even possible? So I pull out my cell phone and I take a picture of it. And uh, I kept thinking about it after that. Every day after that, I was like, why is there that footprint? And I feel like that was my Red Sea. You know, that was my parting of the Red Sea. That was, that was a, a mark that God left there for me to say, look, I, I'm real, this is real, you know? And uh, I, I truly believe, I know I was baptized in the Holy Spirit that day because when, after that encounter that day, my life changed drastically. Uh, I quit cursing, I quit, you know, I quit shortly after that taking the opiate addiction medication. I quit smoking cannabis and, and I say I quit, it, it, it wasn't me who did it. You know, I've tried my entire life to get off these things. You know, I tried multiple times and failed. I went to rehab, I went to uh, mental institutions and I couldn't seem to, to do it on my own. You know, I didn't think there was any good left on this earth. Uh, before I, before God encountered me, I didn't want to live anymore. I really didn't. I feel like he showed me that love. He showed me his, his goodness. And that to me is everything. His love is everything. And now I wake up every day and I, I want to live and not only live, but live my life for God, knowing that there's a father in heaven that truly cares for us not just cares for us, but cares for every single little detail in our life. And that's uh, truly a blessing because there's a lot of times in my life I felt like I was alone and I'm not alone anymore. I, I have him and he goes everywhere with me. He goes before me, he comes behind me. He's, he's always there for me and I know he'll never, he'll never forsake me, he'll never leave me. He'll always be by my side, even through that fire. Even through everything I went through, he was, he was with me. And that just is, uh, that's everything to me. <laughs> that was an amazing transformation story and it could be yours as well. The second thing that Mary had to struggle with was believing what God had given her. 
Think about it. She literally asked the angel, how could this be? How could I have a baby if I've never been with a man? Look what it says in Luke chapter 1, verse 34. She says, how can this be since I do not know a man? Often when God reveals to us who we are and what we are to do, we ask how. I've been addicted for five years. How can I fulfill God's plan for my life? I've been suicidal. How can I walk with God? I don't know how to read. How am I going to learn the Bible? I don't know anything about the Bible, so how can I be a preacher? God is always going to call you to do things above your ability, things that you need him and his resources for. He's never going to tell you or challenge you to do something that you can do in your own power with your own resources, because if that was the case, you wouldn't need him. He will always give you a vision that requires more of God and a life that requires his wisdom, his resources, his direction, his connections, and opportunities. And that's exactly what Mary was realizing. So when she asked, how can these things be? Look at what the angel said in Luke chapter 1, verse 35 to 37. The angel answered and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who is called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. After Jesus' three-year ministry and mentoring his disciples, he was crucified, died, rose from the dead, and right before he ascended into heaven, he had a prayer meeting. And in this prayer meeting with his disciples, he told them not to do any ministry until he sent the Holy Spirit. Here's what he said in the Bible, Acts 1, verse 4 to 8. It says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me, John truly baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. He told them that when they received the Holy Spirit, they would also receive power, and only then will they be equipped to be witnesses to him in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Only then should they go and do ministry. It is critical for us to understand that anytime God asks you to do anything, it's going to require the presence of the powerful Holy Spirit in our lives. Without the Holy Spirit, we cannot understand who we are. We cannot understand what we are called to do. We can't see ourselves as God sees us, and we won't understand the plans he has for our life. And we are completely inadequate to fulfill our kingdom purpose without the presence of the Holy Spirit. God's greatest achievement is a result of the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And this is exactly why Mary, when she was told she would have a baby, asked, how can this be? She was called favored by God, blessed among women. She didn't understand how God could see her that way. The Holy Spirit had not opened her eyes. And then when she was told she was going to have a son, even though she had never been with a man, of course, that's impossible without God. However, nothing is impossible with God. Remember, for transformation to happen, 
you're going to have to not only receive what God has shown you for your life, but you're also going to have to receive the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and allow him to guide and direct your steps. Check out this story because this story illustrates exactly that. Hi, my name is Carolyn and I reside in San Diego. I was introduced to the Rock Church through a friend. Um, we work together and we will share our gospel experiences together. Before the encounter experience, my life was a bit rocky. Um, I didn't have a sense of direction. Um, things were just complicated. Um, I had a hard time trusting. Um, there, I, there just wasn't any security or sincerity uh, just in anything I did. It was just a lonely road. The encounter is a one day experience where um, people can come together to worship and share their experience with God. I'm in a season um, most people don't wanna be in. Um, you know, when you're watching and praying over people and you're seeing their breakthrough and you know they're going through transformations and you just feel left out, you kind of don't know what to do. Um, so I was led into um, signing up for the encounter and going. The morning waking up to go to the encounter, um, I was getting more bad news as I'm checking my emails before going. And I just started wrestling with this negativity. You know, I had a gut in my stomach. Um, I couldn't eat, I couldn't think, I couldn't just, do my normal day and I kept praying and you know I kept muffling <laughs> through my steps of getting there got to the encounter um, it was still there and I was just still confused and conflicted um, and I never had that before going through my walk with um, God and as a Christian um, came to the encounter um, got myself settled in and sat around and you know just waiting and waiting, but I was still muffling and going through the emotions. Um, and it was hard. I, I felt like um, everything was being looked upon me. I felt guilty and I felt shame and I didn't want to be there. It wasn't until when the pastor started talking about forgiveness. And at that moment, I was led by the Spirit to write it down. And I went in my purse, I pulled out my notebook and just started writing everything down and I just had this overwhelming mountain of just tears coming out. I didn't realize how much pain and grudge that I was holding on to as I was going through this season. And it was just a relief to be able to let that go and to continue to just let that weight and just do what God has asked me to do and forgive. and. It was a breakthrough. It was, it was a breath of fresh air. The rest of the moment, it was clarity. It felt like I heard God more. Um, he was touching my heart, my mind, my spirit. I could focus on the next task and the plan that he had for me. I could pray more <laughs> clearly now and not just based on emotion, but just working with God and not against him. If I decided to not go that morning, I don't know where I would be today. Forgiveness helps you move forward and to hear God. And you can't hear God when you're holding on to things. As they always say, you know, the battle is not ours, it's God. And giving it to God is the best thing you could do. I'm able to let go of fear. I'm able to let go of self-doubt. I am 
constantly reminded when I get up in the morning, I am the child of God. I am his daughter. Um, he loves me unconditionally, and there's nothing I can't do, and I have to give it to him. And he's always there for us. He's my counselor. He's my provider. He's my father. He's my everything. And when you let go of fear, you can see that and you can hear that. Another great story. Let me tell you something. Transformation stories never, ever get old. Remember, God is at his greatest when he transforms lives of people like me and you to look more like him. Let's review. For God's intended transformation to happen, we must see ourselves as God sees us. We must believe that God will give us what we need in the Holy Spirit. And finally, we must receive his calling on our life and surrender to him. At the end of the day, this is what we need to do in order to take advantage of Christmas. It's not about the tree, it's not about the toys, it's about the gift of salvation and transformation. That's exactly what Mary did. After being called, favored by God, after being told she would have a baby who would eventually be the savior of the world, she then finally says this in Luke chapter one, verse 38. Listen to this very simple response, a very powerful response, and it's a response I want to challenge you to make. Mary said, behold the maid servant of the Lord. In other words, here I am. Lord, let it be according to your word. We need to follow Mary's lead. We need to receive the calling of God in our life and submit to the will of God in our lives by basically saying what Mary said. I will do what you want me to do. My prayer is that you would say to God, here I am, let it be according to your word. In a minute, I'm gonna help you do exactly that. But first, watch this video of another amazing story, God at his best in transforming a life. So actually, Ruben grew up here uh, in San Diego and I moved here when I was 18 to go to college. And we have been involved in The Rock for many years, since 2005 and 2006. We were both serving, volunteering, we both ended up on staff, and our kids were attending the Rock Academy. Everything was amazing. We just really were loving life. And then all of a sudden, we knew God was calling us to pick up our bags and move to the Pacific Northwest. I would say just by the time this happened, it was, I don't know, it was, it was really interesting because uh, it's probably the biggest faith move we've had to do, but um, I was excited. I was really excited to have heard the voice of God and actually take a step, take a step forward and, and uh, do something in faith like that. So. It was really cool too because His word was confirmed multiple times through various avenues. So other people speaking over us, um, sharing words of encouragement, and then there, were, there was also a lot of confirmation. So it wasn't just like, all of a sudden we felt like we were supposed to move. It was confirmed multiple times by multiple people. In multiple states. Right. <laughs> Which is really cool. Yeah, and so we had the choice either to obey or not. And we, in the past, have always, whenever we've spent time in prayer and fasting and just really seeking God for His will for our lives and for our children's lives as, as a family, um, He's never failed us. So there was absolutely no question whether or not we would take this step of faith. And so we did. We packed everything up and moved to Eastern Washington, 
slash northern Idaho, <laughs> yeah. um, right on the border up there in the cold. And it was really amazing to see God's faithfulness through it all because we, we quit our jobs, we took the kids out of school, we didn't, have, we didn't have anywhere to live. While we were driving up there, the place that we were gonna stay in, which was an RV. Temporary. <laughs> Temporary place actually fell through. And so as we're actually taking the drive up there, we didn't have a place to live, but which could seem really scary. And, and it was a little bit, but we really knew God was gonna come through and, and he did. He gave us a place to stay in the meantime. And then that was for a few weeks. And then for basically the whole winter, we stayed in this beautiful cabin on the river while we waited for a house. Um, we, knew, we knew we were gonna buy something up there and things kept falling through, falling through. But then eventually when we really just like surrendered it, it was like, here it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and God just totally provided. So it was really neat to see um, as we stepped out in faith and did this giant move that he came through with every single thing that God promised and said that he would come through with. Yeah, there was a specific time when I was in prayer um, God gave me this vision of uh, giants. He showed me six different giants. And uh, his word to me was, every single one of these giants I'm gonna slay. We're, we're talking about the finances, we're talking about uh, the kids' school, we're talking about a church. I mean, when you think of your life that you're uprooting from something you've known your whole life, something you've been established in, and, and you just get up and go, I mean, there's a lot of challenges that come with that. Um, but he kind of just laid it all out and said, I'm going to take care of it all for you. Um, and the final one, I think, was it's just we've never owned a home. Um, for some reason, my whole life, I thought I would never own a house. It's just, you know, growing up in San Diego, you kind of, it's, it kind of seems impossible sometimes. Um, but it was really cool. Uh, while we were up there, as Amy mentioned earlier, the offers kept falling through. And um, we were in prayer. And I said, all right, God, we keep putting offers in. And they keep getting outbid, you know, we, or they, we keep getting turned down. And, and the Lord spoke very clearly and he said, the house that I have for you, no one can take off the market. And it ended up being a family from the church that the house wasn't even on the market. And uh, it was a brand new home, 2017 Craftsman home. And they, they prayed and they felt like the Lord told them to put it on the market to sell it. But at that point, they felt like it was supposed to be for us. He's been faithful and he continues to be, and he, he shows us these things, um, whether in vision or dreams, or he speaks very clearly to us. I mean, he really, God has a voice. Um, he speaks to our hearts, he speaks to our minds, he speaks through other people. Um, and then ultimately he gives you peace. I, I know for us, many times we've made decisions based on that, based on, well, how are we feeling about this? Um, should we move forward with this? And it was, we felt the peace of God. I think too, it's important to emphasize that however you're hearing God's voice, it always needs to align with the Bible. So when, when you're spending that time with God and really reading what his truth says, when you hear something else, if it aligns with what the Bible says, then you know you're not gonna go wrong. Yeah. So we lived there for two years and we actually had a baby in during that time. and. Um, so it felt really good to start building community. We had a really great church we were, we were a part of. The kids' school was great. And we had our new daughter that was just 
thriving and doing well. And um, as time went on though, we were feeling transition and we didn't know exactly why. Because we were like, we literally just transitioned. <laughs> so why are we feeling this kind of tug? And so as we do consistently, we'll just take that to God and, and ask, what is this? Are we supposed to move again? And if so, where? And there were actually different opportunities, different states, um, different, different areas that we could have gone and we could have stayed there. Then it was clear again that it was San Diego. Doors just started opening wide for us to be able to come back. If I were to sum up just uh, moving back down was the wrestling. Really, is this God, is this, is this you speaking? Is this what you want? We just came up. He said we would, we would uh, plant roots, we would set roots. And yes, we had a baby up there and we bought a house and you know, you can, one can say that's setting roots. Um, so why now? Why are we moving now? Why are we going back? And the Lord made it very clear to me that um, the roots that we were setting weren't in a particular location, but that he was taking us deeper with him and the roots that we were setting were setting roots in him. Um, having a, a more intimate relationship with Jesus, having those conversations, the hard conversations, the ones that take us with the ups and the downs, and um, but all in all is that we trust. And then he did what he did when we moved up there and opened every single door, mm -hmm. provided every step along the way, and provided peace. Like we didn't want to go without that peace. And and for me, I really needed that and once it was clear and we said yes he accelerated our timeline we thought it would be a few months down the road and you know a month and a half later <laughs> we were back in San Diego one of our favorite verses is Proverbs Proverbs 16 9 and it says a man plans his ways in his heart but the Lord directs his steps and so we just know as we take those steps the Lord is gonna direct them initially when when we made the move up north that was one thing God promised. He said, this move was not just gonna be uh, for the moment, but this was gonna be a blessing to our children and our children's children, that they would be able to see how faithful he is and that they would, you know, maybe not fully understand it now, but as they grow up, as they grow in their faith and their walk with the Lord, um, they are seen because of what has happened so far, that they too can also trust in him in those things. and. Uh, I love having the conversations with our kids and they're seeing it, we talk about it, and it just, it's a continual building of our faith and trust in Jesus, so. It's now decision time. At the end of the day, you can celebrate Christmas by putting gifts under the tree, drinking eggnog, singing songs, but if you don't take advantage of God's greatest gift to you, the opportunity to have your life transformed, you miss out on the whole meaning of Christmas. In light of all you heard, I want to help you, like Mary, experience the life-transforming love of Jesus. It's going to require you to do three things. One, to see yourself as loved by God, to see yourself as God sees you. Proof of his love for you is his death on the cross. The Bible says in John 3:16, for God so loved the world that he gave us one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have eternal life. He sees you as someone who is fearfully and wonderfully made. He sees you as someone he wants to bless in ways that are way beyond you would ever ask or imagine or deserve. 
Just like Mary was identified as favored of God, blessed among women, so God identifies you as someone great in his kingdom. Second, you must believe that God will send to you the help to live the life he has called you to live. John 14, 15 to 18 says, If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be with you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. And finally, you must receive his calling on your life and submit to following him. Mary said so plainly, let it be to me according to your word. In other words, have your way with my life. It all boils down to you surrendering to what God has shown you. The Bible says that a fool says in his heart, not his mind, that there is no God. It's one thing to know these things in your head, but another thing to commit them in your heart. Are you going to surrender your life and your decisions to follow Jesus and walk in his footsteps, speak his words, and humbly allow him to direct your steps or not? In a minute, I'm going to lead you in a prayer And if you would like to take advantage of the gift of Christmas, God's greatest achievement, an opportunity for him to transform your life, I want you to pray this prayer. But please pray it believing that God loves you and knows who you are. He knows everything that you're going to. Just bow your heads and close your eyes. And repeat after me. Dear God, thank you that you love me. Thank you that you sent your son to be born, to live, to die for my sin and rise from the dead. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Transform my life. Let it be as you say. I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I want to say Merry Christmas. If you allow God to direct your steps and guide your life, you will experience God's greatest achievement by him transforming you to be more like Jesus. And he'll have miracles in your life that you can never, ever imagine would happen in your life. He has a plan for you that's way above your imagination. If you prayed that prayer, we want to help you. Please text the word SAVE to 52525. That's SAVE to 52525. And on behalf of my family and the Rock Church family, we want to say Merry Christmas. Please enjoy your family, and we'll see you next week.
Thank you so much for joining us. We hope to see you soon, whether online or in person. To find out all the information, you can check out our website at sdrock.com. Merry Christmas. <laughs>